Welcome to Bayou Business Download, a podcast from the Greater Houston Partnership, where we dive into the data and analytics influencing the region's economy. I'm your host, Brina Morales. Today is Thursday, April 27th, and we're joined by Partnership Chief Economist Patrick Jankowski. On today's episode, we're talking about the health of Houston's economy and how it compares to other metros as discussions about a recession linger. Patrick, thanks for joining me today. Brina, it's always good to, to be with you, and it's always good to share some insights with our listeners. Okay, Patrick, so you recently had a special edition of your economy series that featured a special guest. That event spurred today's conversation. Can, can you set that up for yeah, our it was, listeners? Yeah, it's Jeff Korsinik. He's the chief economist with Fifth Third. Fifth Third has been the sponsor of the webinars. Thank you very much, Fifth Third, for that. And he came in and just got a little bit of a different perspective on the economy than I do. Now, I'm in Houston looking out. He's all over the U.S. looking in. Now, I see things from kind of a Texas perspective, but Jeff's been to Detroit, Chicago, San Francisco, uh, Atlanta, South Florida. So um, he kind of shed some light that things, you know, I, I think my big takeaway from this conversation we had is um, things look great in Houston, but they look a lot different elsewhere in the U.S. Okay, so let's talk about that. So let's dig into that. So we know that Houston's economy is built to be a little more resilient than others. So can you explain, you know, go into that? Okay, well, let's start with uh, probably the best metric at all to, to understand what's going on in the economy. And that's just job creation. If, if we're creating jobs, that means that employers are seeing growth in their business and they need to bring on the additional staff. So it's kind of a sign the economy is growing. But if we're creating jobs, it also means each new job means there's a new paycheck, someone to go out and spend money at the grocery store, mm-hmm. to buy a house, to rent an apartment, to, to go to an Astros game. And so it, it feeds both from the workforce side and the consumer side. In that regards, Houston's been doing very well. If you think back to, to the pandemic, in, in just two months, we lost 360,000 jobs. Mm-hmm. But as of March, the most current data that we have, we've recovered all those jobs and then some. Uh, technically, we've recovered 499,000 jobs. Let's just round that up. Let's mm-hmm. just say we've added half a million jobs. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> yes, half a million jobs. <laughs> we've added half a million jobs uh, in just roughly over the last three years. Now, to kind of put that in perspective, that's 139% of what we lost. Mm-hmm. And we're actually doing quite well because if you look at the nation's 20 largest metropolitan areas, there are eight of them that haven't even gotten back everything they lost from the pandemic. And New York has just last month just barely gotten back what it lost. You know, Baltimore has only gotten 90% of what it lost. If you look at Minneapolis, it's only gotten 86% of what it's lost. And that's important and a concern because we keep on hearing about a recession. Mm-hmm. So if we have a recession, what happens in the recession? Most likely job losses. Mm-hmm. And so if, if, big F, big I, big F, if the U.S. slips into recession, if, if one hits Houston, we're in a better position to weather it because we're at an all-time high for our employment. While these other metros haven't even recovered from their last recession. Mm-hmm. So that's one thing. You know, if, if you look at, you know, I, I told you since the, the end of the pandemic, if you look just back over the last 12 months, Houston's done great. We added 142,000 jobs. There are only three other metros that have added more than we have, New York, Dallas, and L.A. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got to consider New York is three times Houston's size. You've got to consider that Los Angeles is twice Houston's size, and Los Angeles barely added more jobs than we did. So uh, we're, we're doing pretty well by job-wise. That, that's so important. What about when we look a little closer, what are some of the other numbers that you're looking at? The first one I look at, probably a leading indicator of what's going on in the job market is initial claims for unemployment benefits. 
we're still tracking uh, well below pandemic levels. And we're pretty much tracking where we were pre-pandemic. You know, for, over a four-week average, we're averaging 3,800, 3,900, maybe 4,000. And it goes up and down a little bit, but there's always going to be a little bit of noise. So we're not seeing a surge in initial claims. Uh, if we were seeing a surge in initial claims, that would tell me the labor market's starting to soften. But the labor market's pretty tight. There's something called continued claims, and that's people who've been out of work for more than a week and filed benefits multiple weeks. That's actually ticked up a little bit. It's still not in an area that concerns me, but it is something I'll be watching. But uh, overall, the labor market in the region is, is really pretty tight. Well, that's great to hear. So let's move on to housing. You mentioned you've noticed a pickup in the housing market. So what are you seeing and how is how does housing play a key role in driving our economy? A couple ways. In the broadest sense, if we want to step back from the macro level, um, when someone buys a new house or someone builds a new house, you have to think of everything that goes into it. it, it one thing you think of the labor or the, the carpenters and the electricians or the, the people who are hanging the sheetrock and the landscapers. Uh, but you also have to think of the materials, the concrete, the lumber, the wiring, the lighting fixtures, the cabinets, the carpets, the, the vinyl flooring, the, the window coverings. All those have to be manufactured somewhere. So it's not just the jobs in building the house. It's the jobs in manufacturing everything it takes to build a house. And then if I can use my wife and I as an example, we moved into a, a new house four years ago. My wife said, there's no way we're moving that couch. <laughs> <laughs> and, and same sort of thing. She wanted a new dining set. And so, you know, we probably 80% of the ha- furniture in our house is new. Mm-hmm. That's real common. People in a new house, they don't want their old old shabby furnishing. Mm-hmm. Not that our furnishings were shabby. <laughs> But you want the nicer new, and, and that's so, you know, the home sales helps not just support jobs, but also supports manufacturing jobs and also supports retail sales and everything that goes into it. And so we are seeing uh, a little bit of stability mm-hmm. now in homes. And, and that's from kind of the macro side. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so you want me to talk about a little bit about the micro side? Yes. About home buying? Yes. yes. Um, you know, interest rates, uh, I think what I'm seeing among consumers is that they're realizing interest rates aren't going to get down to 3% again. Mm-hmm. That was an anomaly. Just just like seeing double-digit returns in the stock market for several years, uh, having very low interest rates for forever, is, it was an anomaly. And I think consumers are resigned themselves to the fact that interest rates aren't going to go down to 3%, and they're starting to, to shop again. Mm-hmm. They're starting to buy again. Uh, the national numbers don't look quite as good as the local numbers, but the numbers local numbers look pretty good. And the reports that I'm getting out there are that we're actually starting to see more traffic out there in the model homes, and we're starting to see more people interested in buying a house. Mm-hmm. And if I could say just a little bit about uh, what we're seeing out there as far as prices, you know, a year ago, year and a half ago, we were seeing home values, home prices in Houston go up 18, mm-hmm. 19 percent. Mm-hmm. Lately, we're starting to see them only go up about eight or 10 percent on, on an annualized basis. So we're starting to get back to a normal level of appreciation. Normal mm-hmm. level of appreciation should be four to five percent. Uh, and in March of this year, a typical resale home is something someone's lived in for a few years that sold for $325,000. Uh, in March of last year, it was $335,000. Mm-hmm. So you can see we're kind, yeah. of, kind of in a narrow bracket. So hopefully we're not going to see the depreciation, and that'll help offset some of those higher interest rates. But I do see, continue to see some activity out there. Uh, we'll probably build 38,000 single-family homes this year. That's, that's going to be down from... Uh, last year, 42, 43,000, but it's still a good range. Okay. It's still well above the long-term average around 30, 31. Okay, that's good. 
So, Patrick, before we continue, I want to take a moment to say thank you to our Bayou Business Download sponsor, Fifth Third Bank, for making today's podcast possible. Learn more about Fifth Third Bank and the services they provide at 53.com. That's the numbers 53.com. Patrick, let's talk about in-migration, people moving into our region. That's another thing that's helping our economy. Oh, yeah, yes, yes. Oh, that's something I love to talk about because it's always been a good, strong story for Houston. And, and I want to make sure people uh, understand it's in migration, I-N, not I-M, because it's people who are migrating into the region. And yes, some of them are immigrants, but some of them are domigrants. Can you say people mm-hmm. move domestically? No. They're, they're, we get people who move here both from somewhere else in the U.S. and somewhere from overseas. Uh, we had just wonderful population growth last year. In, in the overall, both the in-migration and the births, we added mm-hmm. 124,000. But the most important number is that in-migration number. Uh, we had uh, 85,000 people move here last year, and that was the second best in the U.S. The only mm-hmm. metro area that did a little better was our, our, our sister to the north, Fort Worth, mm-hmm. Dallas. Uh, we had 85,000, and, and that was kind of divided up between uh, both international and domestic. Mm-hmm. We had roughly 47,000 people move here from overseas. Another 37,000 from somewhere else in the U.S. And that's important for a number of reasons. One of the reasons why is that uh, think of it when someone moves into a region, they're going to have to find some place to live. So it creates demand for housing, mm-hmm. uh, whether it be an apartment or a house. Uh, they're going to start shopping the grocery stores. Such supports retail and it supports the jobs of people in retail. They're going to need to find a new dentist, a new doctor, a new optometrist. That's going to support healthcare. So, you know, anytime someone moves into the region, it's adding extra consumers. Mm-hmm. If you think about it, we're doing well. If you want to compare that to some of the other metros that really struggled, New York had negative migration. Uh, New York's uh, negative migration. New York actually lost over uh, 200,000 people. LA lost over 125,000 people. St. Louis, 116. Chicago metro area, 91,000. Mm-hmm. So, Houston's it's really doing quite well. The other way to think about that is when, you know, there are multiple ways you grow the economy, but the, the classic is you want to either grow your workforce or invest it, make capital investments and increase the, the productivity of your workers. But if you're growing your workforce, whenever anybody moves to the region, that's a potential worker. Mm-hmm. That's a potential that it, it, it expands the workforce. And so that means that workers have jobs, but it also means that employers or businesses or firms or nonprofits have talent they can draw upon to continue to grow their business. Mm-hmm. And so the fact that our, our net in migration is so strong, I think also is one reason why our job growth is so strong mm-hmm. and why our economy in general is growing. I mean, I, I don't worry about Houston. I would, you know, three years ago, if you had talked to me, when we were in the middle of the pandemic, I was very worried about Houston. Mm-hmm. I didn't know how we're going to get those 360,000 jobs back, but we got them all back and then some. I'm not worried about Houston. Even if we have a downturn, Houston will do fine, especially we're so much better off than some of those other metros that are both losing population mm-hmm. and still haven't gotten back all the jobs they lost in the last downturn. Okay. Is there anything else? Oh, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> uh, you know, I wouldn't, uh, I got to put a plug in. Um, on, on May 12th, uh, I'm releasing a study or the partnership's releasing a study called Global Houston. And in it, uh, myself and my team, we've looked at all different aspects of Houston's economy that are tied to global trade, whether it's trade itself or foreign investment, uh, international migration, international airfares, uh, foreign direct investment, FDI. Uh, 
it's interesting how strongly the international aspects of our economy are doing when mm-hmm. there's a little concern about the global economy in general. I'd like to encourage people to, to come to the event. You can find out about it at our, at our website, Houston.org, and just click on the events page and, and find out just how strong our ties to the global economy are and how well they did last year and what we expect them to do this year. All right. Thank you, Patrick. Thanks for joining me today. Uh, Brenna, it, it's, it's always a pleasure. All right. And that's it for this episode of Bayou Business Download. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast so you never miss an episode. You can do so via your favorite podcasting platform or by visiting the podcast page at Houston.org. There, you will also find links to recent data and news updates and learn how you can get more involved in the partnership's work to make a difference in Houston. A special thanks again to our sponsor, Fifth Third Bank, for helping make this podcast possible. And thanks again to you for listening to Bayou Business Download.